my name is Tanya Lopez. I'm a Latina mom and chef from the Bronx, New York. Hola, and I'm her son, Miguel Xavier Diaz Lopez. I'm a mechanical engineer working with NASA and studying for a PhD at Johns Hopkins University. We love to share stories about Latinos getting shit done. Welcome back to More Than Rice and Beans, a mother-son podcast about food, culture, relationships, and the Latinx community. I'm Tanya, a Spanish chef and founder of Coqui the Chef, a New York City-based culinary business that teaches virtual and in-person cooking classes, ships authentic Spanish products, and teaches the importance of cultural foods, family traditions, music, and history. And I'm her son, Miguel. I'm a PhD student in mechanical engineering with a focus in aerospace engineering at Johns Hopkins University. Our lives are pretty busy, but my mom and I always try to make times time to connect over food, talk about cultures, and swap some stories. Today, we are joined by Vivian Guzman, the host of Dishinet, a YouTube show that brings guests from diverse and fascinating backgrounds to Vivian's kitchen, where they prepare a meal and swap stories. Vivian is a self-taught home cook who loves exploring new cultures through food. She's also a strong, empowering Latina who grew up in New York. Welcome, Vivian. Thank you so much for having me. It's so exciting to be here. We're so excited to have you. I know you're going to make this podcast like super fun. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no pressure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so tell us about Dishinet. What inspired you to start this channel? Well, it's so exciting to share food with people who love food. So thank you so much for having me on your platform. I I guess so many things inspired it. I, when I look at the repertoire of all of my friends, we kind of are a global community. I have friends that are Israeli, Palestinian. I have friends even from my childhood, but today that are Lebanese. My Indian family, as I call them, have been in my life for over 15 years. I have a girlfriend who's Romanian. The conversations that happen at my kitchen are pretty cultural. So when I think of all of the exchanges, the everything, the gusto that everybody has, I thought, oh my God, this has to become a show. Now, a little bit about me is I dish in it is a half hour professionally edited show where we share impactful stories of perseverance and it's served over cultural foods. Who I am and what I've created has really been just a representation of trying to get everybody to have a place of belonging. And I believe that diversity and inclusion is important. Um, I wanted to do this since I was on the road. The last 10 years before 2018, I was a presenter for Infinity and GMC, which took me all around the country to talk about beautiful cars. And in so doing, I would carry my aroma grill and make every place I went to home, which has been something I've always done. I've made fish, branzinos, whole branzinos in Philadelphia in my hotel room. I've made meatballs. So that's the meatball sauce, (laughs) pancakes. I like you. I want to stay with you. you. That sounds amazing. (laughs) (laughs) My room was the hangout. Yeah. (laughs) So like all of it since I can remember has been being able to share all of that and find commonality. I would make pork too, by the way. So it was, it was, it's been a journey of a lot of fun. So dishing it has been something that I've thought about like, oh my God, you should put this on, on TV. You should create this as a show, Vivian, Vivian. And I finally 
had um, a little push in that scenario. I had a health crisis and I started to lose my hair. I started to gain insane amounts of weight. And when I ate food, my stomach would grow up to like a pregnancy belly of like nine months. And it would take over 24 hours for that to dissipate. Sometimes my face would blow up like a blowfish and under my under eyes, it looked like I had a finger underneath of how bulging it was. And my face looked like a boxer who had been beaten at the ring. And all of these mysterious things happened out of nowhere. It wasn't lupus. It wasn't this. It wasn't that. It wasn't uh, anything. I was like doing pee samples and freezing them and sending them to different doctors for different kinds of things. I was depressed. Um, and at work, they thought I was a little too heavy to not fit the brand anymore. And they wouldn't say it that way. What they said was, you know, uh, we're worried about your health. Oh, gosh. And um, the famous line. Yeah. And then a month later, it was like, thank you, but no thanks. But then I got scooped up by another brand and they were more body positive at the time. And by, mind you, it is what I look like today. I mean, it's not like, you know, I'm walking around looking like a walking house here, but this is before hashtag me too, where things weren't as acceptable and a brand had to have its image, right? right? So we've come a long way in a short period of time. You, Miguel, wouldn't know. You grew up in the thick of like modernity here, but for us dinosaurs, I'm Generation X over here. Okay. So it's a whole different journey for us. <laughs> and I got to tell you, it taught me a lot. It taught me a lot about, um, persevering and finding within you a positive attitude. It's something I've had to use and become adaptable for. Cause I've tried, I've, by the time I was 35 and we won't say how old I am, but I'm way more than 35. <laughs> um, and, um, by the time I was 35, I've moved about 23 times to date and all of that moving around built in me a sense of, you know, wanting to make people happy and wanting to belong and wanting to love and be loved and finding a sense of connection everywhere I went. So it, I had a positive attitude as a result of it. I didn't know any better. And sometimes that's your little superpower when you don't know what is and you just bring your best in the journey. And that's kind of like if there's one thing you could travel with, you should travel with happiness and joy in your pocket. I love that. Great idea. Ooh, I think I'm going <laughs> to use that quote. All right. Say it again one more time. I like it. Oh, um, I don't know what I said, but I, I think the one thing, <laughs> one thing I think you need to travel with. Something about positivity in your pocket. The one thing I guess I, the one thing I guess I could say from traveling is that it's, you might as well bring a little pocket of happiness and joy with you everywhere you go. There you go. Beautiful. <laughs> Pretty cool. I watched your videos and I really enjoyed it because you have so much great energy. And I think that the the um the person who's teaching the class or showing you how to make that meal also picks up on your energy and you both have a great synergy. So it's really nice to see that on your YouTube show. And you kind of make the audience excited. Like because I saw I saw some of it too. The just your energy makes you want to learn more, makes you excited about what it is. <laughs> Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you, Miguel. Thank you. Thank you, Tanya. <laughs> yeah. So what's a meal you're looking forward to making on the show? I'm going to make a meal at this speaker mastery for a guy named Frank Song, and he's from Thailand originally. And he went from Walmart to Wall Street, living at Walmart, by the way, 
to then having businesses and becoming a gazillionaire and written up on Forbes to having businesses in the Ukraine and recently escaped from the Ukraine on the first landing of the missile to Poland with his family. And that story is so riveting. I'm going to make him Ukrainian beef borscht. And I've never made that, but I'm very excited about it. And nice. I'm also making four. The next couple that I have on my show are a couple that is Jamaican and Latino who grew up without ever knowing anything different, but being part of a doomsday cult, AKA Jehovah's Witness. And if you haven't seen Leah Remini with her show on Scientology, this is on that same exact wavelength. So third season, episode 12, if you get a chance to watch it, you'll see the whole, you know, inside scoop on Jehovah's Witnesses because she did a whole episode devoted to that, which I'll do something very similar. It's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll be making for the Puerto Rican wife, arroz con gandules. And for him, I'll be making, because he's Jamaican, uh, the husband, I'll be making cod fritters in a Jamaican style, which is also a Latin variant. So one of the things I love the most about doing Dish in It is discovering when you break bread, we think we're so different, but we're really more alike than not. And so many of the foods and the cultural like hankerings that you have deeply embedded in your soul, we all share it. It just has a different name. And it just makes me feel really excited to be able to, you know, to, to show that and bring it to people because we need we need good news. We're, I'm, I'm so sick of the bad news. When you think of how I, I decided to do Dish in It way before the pandemic and through my excitement of all of my multicultural friends, I was sick of the bad news. And everything seems like doomsday in our own way, right? If you look at the news, it is doomsday. And we're addicted to it because that's what we've been fed. But what if the opposite were true? What if we could bring joy to people? What if we could inspire people to take action, to live their best lives and do that? by watching ourselves, by seeing ourselves represented in front of us. And that's something I'm exploring with Dishin. Love it. It's good that you have that mixture of cultures too, because it's always yes. important for, um, especially the Latin community to kind of get to know some other foods that could be very similar in, in a lot of different ways. Like I know the, where, so the chicken rice dish that you were talking about originally, did you say that that was an Indian dish? So the Indian, well, I love Indian food, by the way. It's my favorite food. Yeah. Um, the Indian, uh, food is like, is, um, biryani and the, the, the Afghani dish is similar. It's just got a different name. Um, well, I know you're, I, I've had it before, but I also forgot the name. <laughs> <laughs> so, let me see. Afghani. <laughs> it's going to kill me. So I have to Google it now. Um, but that's always interesting. There's a lot of cultures that have like a chicken and rice dish. Um, the, just, a lot of the techniques are very similar. And what is it called? Pulao, chicken pulao. So chicken pulao, I made it. It had this wonderful aroma and and it's cooked with like a little pocket in aluminum foil. Like once you put the chicken and the rice in and the chicken stock and you cook it with cumin and all these beautiful spices, you know, and you wait for it to like simmer down like we would making, you know, arroz con pollo. Um, At the top, you put this little pocket and you make it in a Dutch oven so that it all cooks right. And you use basmati rice. You put some almonds and you put some carrots in there and you you have the shredded carrots and then you cook it in the the oven with the Dutch oven with the lid on and you finish it off for like the last 15 minutes on that. And then you mix and incorporate that into the food and it's just so decadent and it adds just a little sweetness and a little crunch and it's just so divine. Mm. 
So going going kind of more into what you were talking about for for health, I wanted to ask, um, what do you think is uh, an important choice regarding health when it comes to food? When it comes to eating for your body, yeah. Yeah. so. I think that everybody, I think the first thing you need to do is be your own CEO of your own health. Um, having undergone everything that I did with my own health crisis, with my leaky gut, and for all of those that are tuning in and don't know what a leaky gut is, the simplistic version is, is your intestinal lines are through a bunch of toxicity, whether it's food and things that you can't tolerate, become thin and porous. And the foods that you are now eating seep through that and become poisonous to you. So you have an autoimmune response to that which sucks. <laughs> so how to heal it is I went to a metabolic doctor and he put me on a protocol. And eventually I went on an all organic grass fed, limited portions of eating food, just eating in smaller amounts. Like anybody would tell you, not unlike keto, not unlike paleo, but less grains because grains are tricky for a leaky gut when you're in healing. So more dark green leafies, organic meats. If you're going to go there, fish, chicken, and, um, and just absorbing a lot of water to clear your body. That has been proven to be the healthiest way for me to live. I can't speak and lean into anybody else's because, you know, I think everybody has their own different subset of, you know, cultural foods that they like to eat or can digest. That's, that's the thing that we, we read and we get to investigate and we talk and we do a lot of research. We try things and we find out what's good for us because everybody is different. Latinos' bodies are different. Uh, Italians' bodies are different. We grew up in a different environment. Like yeah, my father, research is hard. Yeah. Like the, the research itself, there's just so many. I mean, if you look at any nutrition research, you will find a paper that tells you one thing and you'll find a paper that directly contradicts that yes. like all the time. And yes. that's just because people are just so different. And also, on top of that, a lot of nutrition research has very small sample sizes that don't include other cultures. So it's, it's yeah. that's why you really have to uh, kind of cherry pick, like, okay, this paper says something. Let me just try it for myself, see what how it works. Like the BMI is a big thing, right? Latinos' bodies' BMI is different from... Yeah, BMI the, is a terrible way of measuring. Yeah. You know, it's like there are so many things out there that we, you just got to find what works for you, the bottom line. You know, I mean, there's a lot of great advice out there. Out there. Try it. If it works for you, if it doesn't, push it along. Try something else. Just your body will tell you if it works. That Your body will tell you, no, I don't want this. Like, you know, I don't want this anymore. Try something else. So your body will talk to you. All you have to do is listen. I love it. I love it. Thank you for bringing that up. So like the more informed you are, the better you can lean into what your intuition and your gut is telling you to do. And that's basically what I, what I just offer people to do, but to try to first listen to what's going on with what you feel you know is right. Vivian, vamos a hablar de comida. I know we've hit the topic several times throughout the podcast, but I want to know a little bit more about what's the best meal you've ever eaten? My God, that's like saying, which of your children? I knew I was going to be in trouble with this question. <laughs> which one of your kids do you love most? Oh, my God. <laughs> you put me in <laughs> I, I have an Italian husband and family, and I am Dominican, and I love my Spanish food. But I did eat chicken, rice, and beans my whole entire life, like every day, you know? So, like, when I grew up, 
I put my arm in the air and I said, whenever I can pay for food on my own, I will discover new things. (laughs) Oh my God. I had the same epiphany. That's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) When I have my own money, I'm going to be able to buy whatever I want. (laughs) Whatever type of food I want to cook. Oh my goodness. And so I had Chinese food and then I had, you know, and then I went to Japan when I was 20. So I ended up not even enjoying the real breadth of the food because my palate wasn't sophisticated, but I did have oysters. And I was in Sendai City, got taken down by the tsunami. Horrible. Um, but really cool memories of that. And it, it just, that was the beginning of like, really. And I could afford buying my food and trying new things. Um, and so that was really exciting. I, I made a list of different like places that I love different things from. But I have to say, Indian food is my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's so funny because the the love that you have, I think, is always shown through food whenever you're eating something really delicious. And, and I, I think like you, like, why not compliment the chef? I go the whole nine yards. I go home and I'll, I take photos and videos. I edit them. I put them up. I compliment the chef. I go out of my ways to highlight and spotlight, especially, you know, smaller chefs that are not as well known Yeah, because it takes blood, sweat, and tears to do everything that you do. I think what people don't understand uh, in the line of work that you and I do, you know, people get to see the the glossy part, right? You've already whittled it down and you've made the complex simple. And, you know, you're here and you're showing somebody, this is how you make paella. This is how you make Puerto Rican food. And they have no idea, like all the things behind that it takes to do that. It just seems so cool. Like for me, I... I am the producer. I go out and I find my talent. I have to make phone calls. I got to jump into different networking groups or to connect with people on a deeper level and to discover people that I, whose stories I find impactful that I want to highlight. I, I am already curating and finding all of the different subject matters and the things that I love to highlight and celebrate are the people who persevere like you, like me, like the, you know, we're, we're trying to give to the world all the joy and love that we know that we can because everybody has had an input as what they think my show should be. Oh, it's a cooking show. And oh, it's this. Oh, no. It's about cultural diversity and inclusion and impactful stories of perseverance that are served over these beautiful foods because that's the glue to who we are as humans. Thank you so much for joining us, Vivian Guzman. Where can our listeners find you? Ooh, everyone can find me on Facebook, Vivian Guzman, on Instagram, that's where I'm always on, which is Vivian Inc. And of course, YouTube, where I roll out an episode every month. So that's also Vivian Inc. And you could email me at vivianincorporated at gmail.com. Miguel? Basically everywhere. You can find her everywhere. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm everywhere. (laughs) So thanks for joining us this week on More Than Rice and Beans. If you enjoyed our guest today, make sure to check out episode two of our first season where we talk to event planner extraordinaire Kat Feliciano about her health struggles and overcoming hardships to pursue her goals. And to hear what else we have in store for this season, make sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating and review. And if you're interested in learning how to cook traditional Spanish or Puerto Rican dishes, sign up for our cooking experiences at cookythechef.com. That's C-O-Q-U-I, thechef.com, and browse our available experiences.
We will see you here next time on More Than Rice and Beans. Say goodbye, Vivian. Bye. Ciao. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she likes to tell everyone to say goodbye like she's a mom, like she's everyone's mom. See, <laughs> adios, like, adios. So, like adios. you have to say thank you. You have to say goodbye. <laughs> say adios, Miguel. Say adios. Yeah, you say bye. Adios. <laughs> have good manners. Yeah. yeah.